going to bring us the message. So tonight's Bible reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, and endurance knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled, We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Good evening, everyone. How are we going tonight? Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, we thank you for this evening and we thank you for the passage that's just been read and I just pray that my words will be your words uh, and that your Holy Spirit will move in this place tonight. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Throughout the night uh, services lately, we've been going through the Agents of Faith superhero type journey through Romans. Uh, I I have watched superhero movies, so please don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not as much of a superhero fan as what others are, but from what I can gather watching superhero movies, at the risk of sounding like I'm bagging them out, um, they seem to run by pretty much the same formula. Uh, There is a journey of a hero who has to stand up and face normally a nemesis and save some people, uh, and in doing so... uh, Along the way, there's a love interest, and in the end, he has to save the love interest. Roll video. Here's an example. I have done to wrong you. Whatever I have done to lead you to do this, I am truly sorry. But these people are innocent. Taking their lives will gain you nothing. Take mine and end this.
whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. fuzzy feelings inside oh how romantic and i such a hero and no yes no oh i've heard that apparently thor's pretty hot anyway um (laughs) rumor but whether it's these guys or whether it's superman and lois lane or whether it's uh, mj and spider-man it seems to be that the hero is happy to sacrifice themselves and they do it for love that the motivation behind their actions is love but not just any type of love reciprocal love in that deep down they know that they're loved by that other person and so they're willing to give of themselves because they're loved in return two weeks ago i spoke from romans uh, chapter three and spoke about how because of our sin we need to be rescued and that jesus came and that he came as our hero and he rescues us from our sin however in tonight's passage when we're looking through i noticed that There's a difference between what Jesus did and what superheroes do. Uh, That there's a different type of love. So I'm going to read from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, and see if you can see what the difference is between the two. Says, starting in verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you see the difference? There's no reciprocal love here. The Bible is very clear in that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies with God... God chose to show great love to us, expressed through Jesus on the cross, that while we were enemies with God, he still chose to love us and to save us. That is true love. 
we're going to do things a little bit different here tonight in that I'm actually going to pause my message there and we're going to come and we're going to take part in communion, uh, which is us remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made, that despite the fact that we are sinners, Jesus came and died on the cross for us, was raised back to life, and through his sacrifice, we can have our sins forgiven, that we are justified, found not guilty before God, that we are redeemed, that Jesus paid our ransom so we are no longer bound by the bondage and slavery of sin. We're going to take time now and remember that sacrifice. So if I can ask the communion people to come forward, what I encourage you to do during this time is take time to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made, to thank God for his great love, to take the time to confess sins uh, that you need to before God, and then also remember and celebrate the fact that we have been justified and that we are redeemed through what Jesus has done. So the bread and the juice are going to be passed around. I ask you to eat the bread when you're ready, and then we'll drink the juice together. The communion guys are going to now come and collect your little cups. I think that we can come around and we can remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. Uh, And tonight's passage, uh, it started in verse 1 by saying, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, it's only through faith, faith that we can have our relationship with God restored through what Jesus has done. And you'd think that that would be good enough in itself. However, this passage then goes on to explain the other blessings that we receive because of what Jesus has done. It continues to get better. The end of verse 1 says... Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So not only are we found not guilty before God, as a result of what Jesus has done, we then have peace with God. We were God's enemies because of our sin. Yet through Jesus' sacrifice, we can have peace with God. This is not just like the absence of conflict. This is whereby we can receive God's favor. We are reconciled with God. It mentions that in verses 10 and 11. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We are no longer enemies with God. We have peace. The blessings continue. The start of verse 2 says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith, into this grace in which we stand. Through Jesus, we have access directly to God. The picture that's conjured up here is like being ushered into uh, a throne room where royalty is. And also not just like a one-off thing where you might get to go and meet the president or something like that. This is an ongoing thing where we continue to have access to God through Jesus. The end of that verse then continues by saying, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Don't get confused with this word hope. Uh, in today, you know, today's society, the word hope often sort of sounds more like a wish, I suppose. Like, you know, I hope it's not as cold tomorrow as what it is today. Um, that's not this hope. This hope is a certainty. A certainty that we 
can hope in the glory of God, that there's a certainty that when we die, God will bestow upon us his glory when we enter his presence. Is that not an awesome thing? And that that is guaranteed through the fact that when we have our sins forgiven, when we enter into a restored relationship with God, we receive in us the Holy Spirit, which is God's guarantee on our life. The Holy Spirit then appears again in verse 5 when it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we have received the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit, God's love is poured into our lives. These are awesome things that we can rejoice in, that we have peace with God, that we have access to God through Jesus, that there's hope of God's glory, that we receive God's love through the Holy Spirit. These are things, blessings that we can rejoice in. And then it continues in verse 3 and says, not only that, but we rejoice in our, no, sorry, rejoice in our sufferings. Yes, we rejoice in our sufferings. Surely Paul has made a mistake here. Surely he doesn't mean that, that we can rejoice in our sufferings. But that's exactly what he means. I find it hard to understand how we can rejoice in our suffering, that we can see that as a blessing. When Paul was writing this letter, it was considered normal for Christians to suffer because of their faith to be persecuted, to have trials. Jesus actually warns us. John chapter 15, verses 18 to 19. He says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus warned us and said, expect that things will not be rosy for you all the time because you are deciding to follow me. Paul says that we should rejoice in our suffering. And we see an example of that in Acts chapter 5. The apostles had just been arrested for preaching about Jesus. And at the end of the chapter, starting at verse 40, it says, and when they, being the apostles, sorry, when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. When they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the dishonor of the name of Jesus. So the apostles rejoiced with the fact that they had been persecuted because of their faith. James uh, agrees with Paul too. Uh, and the start of chapter 1 says, "'Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds.'" For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Seems funny to think, though, that we can rejoice in our suffering. But there is a reason behind that. Because it says in the rest of the verse, not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. God uses the suffering to help build our faith, and that's seen through endurance, character, and hope. The idea behind the endurance is about being steadfast. Sort of has pictures of uh, the start of 
Hebrews chapter 12 talks about how we as Christians are to run the race and that our faith journey is a long race, not a sprint, it's a marathon where we're called to endure over time. And it's through that endurance that we are able to have our faith strengthened because we need to continue to rely on God. The endurance then also produces character. The picture here is of metal being put in a furnace. The idea behind that is that when the metal goes in, it's designed to get rid of the impurities that are found within the metal so that it's just a pure compound. That's the picture here of character, that we are, our character is built up through the impurities in our life being removed as we continue to trust in God. And that then produces hope. And this hope is the hope that I spoke about before. That's not a wishful thing. It's a certainty that we can stand on God's promises and that he is faithful and that we can trust that he is faithful. We live in unusual times in that we can hold on to the promises that God has in his Bible. Some of these promises are for now, but some of these promises are to come. We can have peace with God. We can have access to God through Jesus. But the idea of having the hope of the glory of God is something that is still to come into the future, that we will receive our glorification when we die. So there are some things now and there are some things not yet. But one of the things now is that if we're following Jesus, then we will suffer as a result of our decisions. We live in a godless society. We see the effects of that all around us. And if we're truly standing up and living our life reflecting Jesus, then we will face hardships as a result of that. We will face persecution. We will face trials. But it's through those trials that our faith is grown through endurance, through character, and through hope. This week I encourage you to live your life rejoicing in the blessings that are promised throughout this passage here in Romans, that we have peace with God, that we have access to God through what Jesus has done, that we are justified and found not guilty. But also rejoice in the fact that there are going to be times when we are going to be suffering because of our faith, but that that suffering produces greater faith in God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you again that it is through Jesus and his sacrifice that we can be justified and found not guilty. Even though our sins deserve that we should be eternally separated from you, you showed us great love. And through Jesus' sacrifice, we can be saved. Lord, we thank you too that that's not it, uh, that you provide abundant blessings over and above that. And that through Jesus, we can have access to you and that we have peace with you and that we are reconciled to you. Lord, I pray that throughout this week, that you will help us to, to remember that we will suffer trials, that we will suffer persecution when we stand up for you. Help us, Lord, to not see them as, as things you know, that, that are bad, but more things that we can rejoice in, knowing that... It is through these sufferings that our faith in you continues to grow and that we can continue to hold on to your promises for now and what is to come. 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.